this is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he practices every day that allows him to achieve a life of success. Today's Everyday Leader reminds us always be aware of what inspires you as these inspirations can lead to significant results. It is truly about following your dreams. Chip Helm is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show 10 starts now. Welcome to the program, Chip. Thank you. I'm glad to be on the program today. Yeah, I love having you here on Everyday Leaders. I think you are just a classic example of what an everyday leader is in this world. And so I really appreciate you taking time to come on the Everyday Leaders podcast. And, you know, my mentor teaches us that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. And how we were connected to just let our audience know, I worked at the same organization that you did at Cook Medical. And Bill Cook was our leader. And, and you have been, tell us a little bit about your journey at Cook. I met you in 2003, but tell us the listeners where your journey began with, with Bill Cook as a visionary in medical. Well, I, I guess it actually starts back in dental school. Um, I really wanted to go to dental school. I went to Indiana University and uh, then I went and I applied to dental school and I got into dental school and I was really excited. I said, Darn, that's what I want to do the rest of my life. I, I want to have a white picket fence. I want to have three kids. I want to have a wife, and I want to be just like my father. Mm-hmm. He was an orthodontist. Unfortunately, about three years into uh, dental school, I found out that I didn't have the hand-eye coordination. I didn't have what was necessary to cut preps and wax teeth, and why it was devastating. My life turned upside down, and. Uh, you know, fortunately, in a matter of uh, a week or so, uh, one of my mentors, Bill Armstrong, they used to call him Army back then, mm-hmm. head of the IU Foundation, said, wow, I've got this company that uh, I think you fit in real nicely. And I said, what? <laughs> and he said, this company called Cook Medical. And I said, what? And he said, how about sales? And I said, sales? I don't know nothing about sales. So <laughs> that's how my journey started. I, I got lucky. I got interviewed. And next thing I know it, uh, I started uh, with Cook uh, back in 1985. Probably shows my age. <laughs> and 32 years later, wow. I'm with Cook Medical. And I'm still working for Cook. And it's a fantastic company. I've been blessed. And, yeah, I can actually say I got to know Mr. Cook. Actually, he got... Uh, just a quick story. He got mad at me one time because I kept saying, Mr. Cook, Mr. Cook. And he said, will you call me Bill? Yeah. yeah. Will you call me Bill? So yeah. that's, I mean, I mean, that's how my journey got started. That's so cool. And, and I know when you say that, when, you know, call me Bill and I knew Bill Cook. And so that kind of that personal reflection, you know, the organization, how, how committed employees were and are still today to Cook Medical because of Bill Cook's vision and, how he would go to lunch every day with just everybody in the organization and sit sit in the cafeteria, and um, he was a real person. He was so authentic to want to make sure his, you know, his team was being taken care of, and so I think that really shines through. You know, I felt that when I worked at the organization, and and I know you still um, have those same philosophies. Tell us about um, what is in your office 
a message that you have talked about that's in your message in your office, how you add value to people? Well, it's interesting. When I wake up every morning, I get my cup of coffee, maybe a few cups, you know, maybe more <laughs> than what I should. And I always go into work with one thing. What have I done for the district sales manager today? We mm -hmm. call them district sales managers or salespeople. And there's a banner across my wall that says that. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, directly and indirectly, what have I done for them? How can I add value? Maybe it's a phone call maybe to a customer. Maybe it's taking a phone call from a district sales manager. Maybe it's solving a problem. Yeah. Whatever it takes, but what have we done? All of us. Uh, you know, to help those salespeople out in the field. Mm -hmm. And that's so important because you've worked your way in, in the surgery area of Cook Medical, and now you're the national sales manager. So for you, you know, that journey for you has been all about commitment and understanding the vision of, of the leader, Bill Cook, you know, and supporting that mission um, as him, him being a mentor. The other people in your life, I think that I know you well, I wanted to really highlight this on the show is, not only the things that you do for Cook Medical, but there are things outside in the community that you have had a lot of influence in, Chip. And one of those, you know, I have nieces and nephews here in Indiana, and they all, the, the big thing for them if they want to go into business is the Kelly School of Business with Indiana University. And you've had a lot of influence there, and I'd like to talk to you a little bit about your journey and how you got initially connected to the Kelly School of Business. Well, it started about five years ago. I have an older son, Matthew, who decided to go to Ball State University to play tennis. So I drove him up one day about five years ago, and, mm -hmm. and I was on campus, and we were walking around, and I happened to run into a professor. Found out that he was the director of sales and marketing. His name was Ramon Avila. Next thing I know, we started talking. Next thing I know, that I said, hey, I'd love to come up and share in your classroom and, and really teach uh, and help these students and give back. And next thing I know, I started talking at Ball State University in the falls and spring, and then and turned out to be Indiana State and Butler and Purdue. Uh, next thing I know, it, I got a connection and we started uh, sharing and teaching at the Kelly School, mm -hmm. uh, at the Center of Global Sales Leadership over there. And I've been doing it ever since. And, uh, you know, I owe a lot to the professors at Kelly School, uh, Dick Canada and uh, Charlie Raglan. Without them, uh, probably it wouldn't be what I'm doing today, too. I mean, Dick Canada has forgotten more in 32 years or 30-plus years than I know. <laughs> well, So I've just been very, very lucky. Well, that all started with your passion. You know, you have been in a leadership role with Cook and, and kind of going away from what you thought your passion was early in life as, as in dental, you know, and learning about how sales can still be an influence for people and you've been on this journey now to, to really be kind of the best of the best in teaching sales. So going into these schools, um, how did you how did you kind of first, um, I guess the first time that you did a presentation to the teams, has that changed from five years ago to now? It's funny. Uh, I had no idea what the hell I was doing, uh, but I knew that I love sales, and I, and I put together a talk about the five truths of sales, mm -hmm. and that, that evolved uh, from five years ago to today. Uh, I've called it habits of high performers. I've called it the five steps to success. 
Uh, but basically, it is the five truths of sales. And, you know, the one thing I learned through the journey of the last five years is that everyone is in sales. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. You know, you go into a classroom and I'll ask who's going into sales. And I have four people raise their hands. Then I ask, what, what other things are you guys doing when you want to grow up? Mm-hmm. And it's marketing, it's IT, it's supply chain, it's HR, it's entrepreneurship, it's you name it. And I just said to said, guys, we're all in sales. Right. Every one of you in sales, they go, what do you mean, Mr. Helm? I don't understand that. And I go, well, let me give you an example. My son wants to be an orthopedic surgeon. He's at Texas Tech University right now. And people go, well, he's not in sales. I said, of course he's in sales. How do you think he's going to get customers and patients to come see him? Mm-hmm. He may be great technically. He may be great, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways. But if he doesn't get customers and patients come through the door, it doesn't matter. That's right. So it's really everyone's in sales. I mean, my father had the greatest a comment about it years ago, God rest his soul. And, and, and he was an orthodontist. He said, you know, Chip, he said 75% of all people have the same technical ability, they have the same test scores, they have the same GPA, but what separates them from everyone else is the other 25%, and that's the bedside manner. Mm-hmm. That's how you treat people. That's how you deal with people. That's how you, you know, it's not what you say to people, it's how you say things. So he said, that's how you separate yourself. So and to me, that's the key, but everyone is in sales. Everyone no is question in sales. About it. Well, and that's so true because it is going into, I love this, going into kids that you're influencing as they go out into the world and say, look, this is kind of how you need to break down your success, right? And so measuring that upon if you are intentional about the things that you're doing and how you're really connecting what your passion is to the next things that you're going to try to do in life. And um, so when you, so you've been doing this for five years, do you have a story about someone that you met early in one of your teachings? Have they come back to you or shared with you how you have influenced them through your seminars and through your kind of strategy with some of these business teachings? Well, I think one thing is, is I know I must be impacting folks because I always uh, start out my talks like, and here's what I say. I say, you know what? If I impact one of you in this classroom mm-hmm. today, then I win. Yep. And so what I've seen over the last five years is that I, I get students come out monthly uh, on a Friday usually, and we'll sit around and have lunch together, and and we talk about what do you want to do when you grow up, and, and I try to really guide them and help them. So that's one thing. I, I still get phone calls after phone calls. I'm mentoring a lot by phone and by emails. But I think the greatest thing that I've seen in the last five years that makes the most impact in my heart is that the emails, that the emails I have that say how much they've impacted uh, or my conversations have impacted them mm-hmm. and what I've taught them. And, you know, I call it chipisms. <laughs> I have a thing called chipisms. <laughs> I know obviously I'm named Chip, yeah. but they remember that. They'll go to the end of the semester and, and I'll get a I'll get an email from a professor who says, oh my gosh, when at the end of the semester I, I talked about you and your talk and they mentioned chipisms. And what chipisms are are really strong messages that I want you to write down and I'll put it to memory. Don't forget. 
and use them the rest of your life. And so that's, you know, and then remember chipisms, like example, to be on time is to be early. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell them if, if I have an eight, eight o'clock meeting, what time do you think Chip would show up? And they got to know me and they said, oh God, he'd be there at 7.30. Well, sometimes I'd be there at seven. <laughs> My point of it is, is, you know, to be on time is to be early. And so that's a chipism. And I, and I get emails all the time talking about how, how those things have influenced their lives and they've changed things and their directions and, you know, how they do things because of some of the things I've tried to impart on them. Well, absolutely. And when you think about, you know, the influence that you have and some of, you know, sometimes people don't have a mentor and they don't have a coach. And so being able to really say, the things that you've learned through your life, now you can take it into these classrooms and be this teacher, how you've been to the sales group uh, in an organization and really kind of find your own voice in, let me tell you about what I've learned, right? And here I've become the expert in this particular field because I've been consistent with it. And so when, when I think about consistency and I think about, you know, when you give your chip isms, <laughs> the, the law of design, when I teach leadership classes and we talk about designing your life for success, it may be, you know, things that you look at every day. And one, I love this lesson that you just taught is being early, right? To be early is to be on time. What are the, what do you think is the biggest chip ism that they walk away with? And they they can use that's a great one. The to be early is to be on time. Are there other ones that are kind of your favorites that you teach? Oh gosh, there's so many. But I'll, I'll start with one. Treat people like you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Again, treat people like you want to be treated. I, I think we don't spend enough time looking at that. Be humble and be kind. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I'm real big on servicing others. Um, I, you know, and, 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 you know, I wear a blue, uh, band right now that I uh, got from a Butler cancer patient about four years ago. It's still on there. What does it say? It says stay positive. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe all life revolves around that because you know what, at the end of the day, you know, nothing's that bad. It's funny after 32 years, I've seen it all mm-hmm. and I hear it all. And, you know, people come to me all the time and, and, you know, unless there, unless there was a death in the family or an, uh, or an unethical situation, nothing's that bad. Mm-hmm. The sun gets up the next morning. That's another tip, isn't it? Always rises the next morning. Nothing's that bad. Take a deep breath, you know, think about it. Yeah, get up the next morning and, and things will look a lot different. So mm-hmm. those are just some of the uh, few chipisms that I actually have probably uh, numerous ones that we could discuss. Mm-hmm. So I want to go into a, a little bit more, and I know because I worked at Cook for almost 10 years, and that was a decade when I think about my life, and you've been there for 32 years. And so when you talk about the journey in an organization, you know, and thinking about kind of what your goals are and, and your opportunities, were there times as you started that you had these limiting beliefs um, to think, you know, I don't know that I can do this. And then what did you do to kind of overcome those to be, because now you're the national sales manager, you know, you've come a long way, but I want to teach people about kind of having those initial beliefs and then what you were doing to overcome those in your journey. Well, first of all, it doesn't stop. You always have limiting beliefs. There's always things, there's always 
you know, I don't know, just hiccups and, and bumps in the road. So that's first of all, it never gets to the point where you don't deal with those kinds of things. So that's mm-hmm. a person that people need to know. It, it always is there. It's just, it's kind of like, you know, are you proactive around about it? Or are you reactive? So that, that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things about these, you know, about a real specific limiting belief that I've always looked at, or, or actually I didn't do very good at it, to be honest with you, is your personal brand. I, I think that's so critical for people. And, and that's, you know, because you, first of all, you have to develop your brand. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think I did when I was early in my career. I really don't think, I think I went four or five, six years before I developed my brand. You'll probably ask, well, what happened? Well, I fell off a ladder. Mm-hmm. I probably did something wrong. I probably, you know, didn't realize what I said. Mm-hmm. I think people got to understand something. You may think you know what your brand is, but maybe your colleagues and your friends and your family and your boss I mean, they don't believe that or they don't think that's the same thing. So, you know, the key is to align yourself and make sure that your friends and your family, your colleagues and your boss, they understand what your brand is, too. Mm -hmm. I think that was, you know, a real strong uh, limiting belief for me. But what but I overcame it or I still continue to try to overcome it by being more Mm self-aware. You have to understand what's around you and that it is important and that, you know, it does matter what other people think. And unfortunately, when you go through a a corporate career with any company, it doesn't matter across, it doesn't matter where it is or what they're doing or what kind of company you really have to um, think about your brand because, you know, uh, you know, it's just, you know, if you want to get to where you want to go, if you want to raise or if you want a promotion, you've got to concern yourself to understand, are you aligned with your boss on the brand? Are you aligned with your colleagues? Uh, I just think that's really, really important to understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it very well early in my career. Well, and, and it's adding, you know, it's figuring out and I, what I've learned and what I teach a lot is this how to add value to people. And so when you look back and you say, you know, maybe these limiting beliefs were I, I don't have the confidence. I don't know what I need to know yet, right? And so starting off and, and trying things but failing, giving yourself an opportunity to maybe have interest in something. So when you talked to us first about you were passionate about going into dental school, following your dad, right? And and that didn't work out. And so thinking about sales and the journey of, I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to try it. And just time after time, you've been able to prove to yourself this is really more my direction. I'm feeling more of I have a message and a passion for this to be able to really do this better than I ever could have dreamed of. And so you're adding significant things to your life um, in influencing an organization now through that. So uh, I applaud you because that's a that's a really tough journey. And, and I know you have a lot of stress that comes on you because in the medical world today, there is so much pressure. You know, it's not just about numbers and cook is, and I can say this from personal experience, it's about that relationship that you have with your customers and your physicians and um, your teams. But there is a lot of stress that also occurs because medicine doesn't shut down. It's a 24-hour, you know, seven-day-a-week business. And so talk to me a little bit about through your lifetime, you know, the stress that you have incurred as a leader what happens? What do you do? How do you cope with that every day? 
Well, it's interesting you say that because I did know how to cope with it for a long time. So I've, I've grown into understanding how to cope with it. And so it started about three or four years ago where I began to walk. So part of my exercise regimen daily is I walk usually four to five miles a day. Mm -hmm. And it gives me time for reflection. And uh, no kidding aside, though, I actually uh, conduct conference calls. I call people like Melanie. I call friends. I call, uh, you know, uh, clients and customers and, and, uh, managers call me and we talk, but, and, and I really is good therapy for me. It, it is part of my time for reflection and thinking about things and, uh, you know, just relaxing. Actually, it's kind of funny because now I've been told recently that I'm pretty happy on these conference calls. <laughs> And is that because I'm walking and, and I'm more calm and collective? And actually, I've been told that I say yes more than no. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that is one way that I cope with stress. Mm -hmm. The other couple ways that I do is, is the second way is I have a tremendous family support. I mean, I have a wife. Uh, her name is Cirilla. She's uh, the executive director of the school foundation here in Bloomington. And she's my sounding board. Mm -hmm. She's my therapist. She keeps me from uh, probably jumping off a bridge occasionally she probably keeps me from uh, drinking too much <laughs> whatever it takes to help me you know because we're not perfect yeah i mean we go through good days and we have bad days and i look down that blue band all the time to say just stay positive chip just stay positive and i guess the last thing is is and i would tell everyone is find a an interest an outside interest and i got lucky i found and fell into sharing and teaching at these schools mm -hmm. and these universities and that's a real stress reliever to be able to do that too. Well, and I think, you know, when I, when I, again, I go back to these leadership lessons and it just keeps popping into my mind, but, you know, we talk about this law of the rubber band that I've talked to several guests about and because it really ties back into leadership. You stretch yourself, you remain consistent to your true passion, and then you begin to stretch yourself into ways that you had never imagined. Um, and for you, I know this goes into adding value to your students that you're teaching and then thinking about what can I do even more? And that kind of leads us down this path of what you're working on next. And so can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to kind of go maybe to this next level? Now, are you talking about what I do outside of my day job? If yeah. You are, then obviously I have been working on a book. Um, for a long time, actually, it started about 10 years ago, uh, around uh, Christmas time. I think when I even built a fire, had the kids around there, and I opened up my freaking dumb mouth <laughs> and I said, I'm going to write a book. And they said, Are you crazy, Dad? And you're not going to do that. And then every year thereafter, Christmas, where's your book? Where's your book? Where's your book? I got so sick and tired of it. And probably every year and every year, the same thing, same thing. And I said, I kept saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it before I die, at least. And I always did promise myself that, you know what? I didn't want to write a book when I retired. I want to do it when I'm in the heat of the moment, mm -hmm. when I'm in this every day. You know, and just side note, that's why I go share schools. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not even sure I'm inspirational. But what I am is so damn passionate 
and I want to give back so much to the community and to these kids, and I want to share a lot of experiences that I love to do it because I'm in the heat of the moment. Yep. I'm not a, a speaker that five years later says, hey, you know, five years ago when I was a sales manager, <laughs> I'm not like that. So yep. go back to my story. So, you know, I'm working, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, and everybody's going, yeah, you're going to write this book. And about uh, last June, uh, I talked to a friend of mine, a surgeon friend of mine, and said, you know what? I have a wife who wrote a book. I can help you. I was scared to death. What are you talking about? I can get you started. Yeah. Let's go. So I started last June, and I've been working on the book um, since. And uh, it's larger than a sales book. <laughs> it's not just a sales book. Everyone says, hey, you've been in sales. So this is about sales, right? Mm -hmm. No, it's about life lessons. It's about, about leading with humility. It's about how you treat people. And, and I'm going to teach you, you know, I don't care if you understand how to build a relationship. I will teach you how to do that, but it will be through humility, through treating people the right way, being humble and kind and you know, and, 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 and that's lessons. the art of it. Mm -hmm. So, so that's where it's, it's come. And really be honest with you, if it wasn't for the students also in this journey and my experiences, and I probably would be here also write this book. So it is a real passion for me. So yes. you've been, well, you were inspired through this friend that you had, a physician friend and, yes. and family. And so they encouraged you to just keep on your journey, right? And the students, the feedback, I think that's an important lesson is you started to do something, not sure where it was going to go, but because your passion has led you there. And now it's it, building into something even greater that you're going to help so many more people through this. I mean, I, I think it's God's calling. I'll be honest with you. I mean, we're, a lot of things are happening today at Cook Medical. Great things, great transformation. People moving into new opportunities. It's all good. But, you know, I look upstairs and going, how the hell did I get this book started? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I've got the editors and the publishers and people in my stable. I'm going, what happened here? How mm -hmm. did this happen to me? And I know it's God's plan. I'm not the most religious man in the world. I believe in God. But I'm just saying, I know that someone upstairs wants me to, to, to do this. And I really believe that if I impact one person and one person wants to read this, I win. That means that I did something right and someone can learn from, from one of my chipisms, if anything. <laughs> yes. The chipism. And quit laughing. <laughs> and quit laughing because it is. I, I should patent that thing called chipism but you know it is just who i am that and should be the title of your book remember. chip that should be the title it's of your not, book it's not the title of my book though <laughs> melody it's not the title of my book i'd have to kill you to tell you what the titles are of this book's going to be we're still working on that but uh, it's so cool uh, i'll have to keep you in suspense yeah it's so cool well you know the biggest thing of you know uh, when i teach again is this contribution this law of contribution and it just basically talks about what you have done. It's growing yourself so that you can grow others. And and I just love this because it comes with such a price. I mean, you have been consistent in what you're doing for an organization. But tell me, and I know this has happened, and it's hard to really think about because you're so passionate, but what are the trade-offs that you have made to kind of go down this journey now? Well... <laughs> I probably won't have the answer you want to hear uh, because I look at trade-offs a little different. I don't look at it like, oh, my God, what, what's happened? 
I believe, honestly, that every day you go through trade-offs. Mm -hmm. I believe that we all have to make strategic and tactical decisions every day of our lives, okay? And so it's how you react to them. I believe that if you do it with the right heart and right intent, it's okay. You're going to make mistakes. So, you know, whether or not that's a trade-off or not, you know, you just have to understand that it is going to happen to you and as long as you do it the right way and with the right heart and right intent, you'll be okay. I mean, Bill Cook, God rest his soul, really, really had no problem with taking risks. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as, you know, if you make a mistake, just don't make that same mistake twice. Right. Again, if you make that, make that mistake... Just don't make that mistake twice. So that's, I look at the trade-offs a little differently. I guess you could also look back into my, you know, story, as I said earlier about dental school, that was kind of a trade-off, mm-hmm. you know, but it was, it's okay because I wouldn't be who I am today without that trade-off of moving from dental school, which just hit me like a hammer. Okay. I remember writing my father uh, uh, a note in his uh, birthday card on June 15th. And, uh, and it's actually was so terrible. We both teared up as he read it. He didn't realize what was going on in dental school. I didn't want to let him down. Mm-hmm. So the trade off. And then, so I had to move in a different direction, but I wouldn't have met my wife. Yeah. I wouldn't have, things wouldn't have happened. So I look at trade-offs a little bit differently than maybe some people do. Mm-hmm. But that's what you just said is so important because again, it's, it's, Figuring out at a certain time when you know things aren't just kind of coming together, you know, and it's not necessarily because as you're teaching kids, they're going through a lot of stress of, am I here because my parents want me to be here or is this something I want to do? And so as they look at their life, you can really teach them so much about that journey because you experienced it. And that's what leadership really is. It's it's giving people the idea, you know, I've been there I can be your role model. I can help you through something that I've actually experienced. And so that is really key, Chip, that you are following your heart and your dream to give back and expand, you know, your your leadership role in the world. And so I applaud you for that because that's, you know, this is a journey that you've been on for quite some time. And now you're continuing to discover what those gifts are going to be able to do, um, to add back to the world. So me and people are really um, lucky to be able to hear from you, be coached by you uh, and just kind of be a part on your journey. Uh, it's, it's just amazing. So Melanie, you're too kind and uh, I'll give you my $20 or even more, you know, after this is over, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so, it is so true because we look at people and, and that's when I designed the show everyday leaders it is about finding your own purpose. You know, it's not about owning a company, being the president, you know, it it is if you want to go there, but there are things that we do as just individuals to influence people every single day. And all those things that you've talked about, having the right attitude, showing up on time, being in the, in the moment, um, and understanding that you can have influence over people. That's really what, what it's about, <laughs> you know, whether you're religious or not, it's these principles of helping others, kind of raising that hand and leading them up uh, where you've been and and, um, and walking beside them on this journey. So 
Uh, thank you for really having the energy, and that's coming from within you authentically, to really give back. And, and I cannot wait to follow you through your next phase of your journey, because I know the chipisms are going to continue <laughs> and, uh, and teach us all great lessons. So, so thank you so much for that. I, I want to ask you just one kind of question in closing, and that's kind of about reflection. You know, I know in sales, we, we think about um, every day, right? It's time management. It's how we are managing our calls that we have to make and the follow-up that we need to do with, with customers and with our teams. And, and so when you think about looking back and reflecting every day, what would you recommend for people that may not kind of have this consistency in their life of reflection, but what would you say you do besides walking that is giving you the real kind of clarity to, to go down this next journey in your life? That's an interesting question. Um, if you just give me a, a moment here, um, because reflection is an interesting um, term. Um, I don't know. I I use the the, the kiss method. Mm-hmm. You know, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm a very simple person and look at things very simple. And you know, like I, you know, sales is not rocket science. Um, you know, leadership is not rocket science. Um, I think I just look at, you know, every day as a day of have I touched someone? Have I uh, said thank you to someone? Have I uh, said hello to someone? Uh, do I really, you know, treat everyone the same way uh, as I come across them? Um, do I want to continue to be consistent uh, with people? Um, I, I think that's where it is. I mean, I, I think if, if you just really take hold of that, I, I use the, the term soft skills. You know, are you empathetic? You know, at the times, are you sympathetic? Uh, can you be tough but do it with a, a kindness and a real humbleness and, and a real caringness? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And that's me to the, the core, and I believe that that's why I believe uh, in the fact that we don't have enough, um, you know, leaders in this country that lead with humility. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, uh, you've got to talk the talk and walk the walk. So I, I don't know if that really answers your question completely or how the reflection or how but I think that's what I, uh, what I try to do yeah, you know, I, day in and day out. I mm-hmm. don't think it's, uh, you know, someone asked me something about, you know, as a sales manager, you know, do you, you know, I'm, I'm just there to service, yep. you know, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in if it wasn't for salespeople, the soldiers, the ones that are in front of the customers every day, they're fighting a fight and it's not easy out there in sales. I mean, and anybody will tell you that sales is easy. It's not, mm-hmm. but it's not, but it still isn't rocket science. You want to do the simple things. I, I mean, one of my chipisms is less than more. Yeah. You know, what you do know, know really, 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 really well. And, and, you know, you don't have to know a lot, but just what you do know, uh, know it well, and those mm-hmm. kind of things like that. Yep. So be know it well and just keep asking questions, right? I guess what you said just a second ago, I, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, why don't you think that we have leaders today? What, what's changed? 
I think the almighty dollar um, has changed. I think, uh, you know, let's give an example of publicly traded companies and they have to worry about quarter results and they have to worry about their shareholders. And, and I think we're forgetting about the people because it's all about people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just believe that you can make tough decisions, but you can do it with kindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just remember uh, an ex-CEO of Cook Medical, his name was Kim Hawkins. Yep, he was so great. He led that way. He was considerate of others. He cared about you. He always taught me, do do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Always do right mm-hmm. by the patient or by the customer. Uh, it's all about people and uh, treat them with uh, respect. And, and I, uh, an old adage or something that I always teach or you can say another chipism it doesn't matter who you deal with uh you treat everyone like your kings and queens everyone's important there's no difference between one person and another or one customer or another it doesn't matter uh what a customer buys from you or if they are a good customer or not as good customer you treat them all the same yep that is so true and and i know that is true because of my interaction with the organization and it was such a journey. And I'm so thankful um, to have that experience in, in understanding kind of the strategic design around business. You know, it's, it is about the customer and it's about doing the right thing. And so teaching those lessons, I, I think, you know, that's so much value right there. If people will just understand uh, the basics in, in giving us, you know, that opportunity to it's developing that relationship. And, and as they begin in sales, right, any sales structure is got to learn the product and you've got to learn your customers, but then it's being vulnerable to be able to make those mistakes, ask questions, and then be consistent in that learning process and always be curious, right? Just have the um, ability to know that you're not going to know everything today, but through your learning and your growing, and you're changing, there are going to be opportunities that arise out of that. So great lesson, Chip. Great lesson. So anything else that you would like to share with us? Um, we, we are having a great lesson from you. I can't wait to follow you on your journey. Um, please keep us informed of what's happening next. Uh, just a couple last comments. Yeah. Um, it's funny, I'm reading a couple things that I think are kind of interesting. One is, I finished a book called An Unlikely Discipler. Okay. And the reason why I say that is it's, it's by a local person here in Bloomington, Carrie Curry. Mm-hmm. He owns Curry Auto Dealership here in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mentors a lot. I really believe in mentorship, and that's why I uh, like the reading. He, uh, he, he mentors Christian athletes. Uh, but I think the thing that he says in his book that I take away, he says that uh, we here at Curry treat all of our employees like we want our employees to treat the customers. Mm-hmm. Did everyone hear that? Because that's really, really critical. Do you treat your employees like you want your employees to treat the customers? Mm-hmm. And then the other book that I uh, just got started reading is called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Mm-hmm. It's so great. How successful people become even more successful. Mm-hmm. 
by Mal by Marshall Goldsmith, and he's uh, he actually got his MBA at IU. So uh, I think that's really uh, really beginnings of, of a really good book too. So excellent. Well, we'll definitely highlight those here in um, as we push this out to social media because you've got so much to teach, and I just want to thank you again, Chip, for taking the time, coming on the show, really expressing how we can all learn from you through your leadership principles in life and sales and really bring that back to say, you can do all of this. You can apply all of these techniques to your life to be stronger and better and really make impact in the world. So really just thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on my journey for the last 16 years that I've known you. And I really want to celebrate where you're going in your next phase. So congratulations to you. Thank you for being on the program. And please keep us informed of what you're doing and where you're going. Well, I appreciate the time, Melanie, and uh, actually our friendship. And uh, I'm really glad that we, uh, you know, we came back together here in the last few weeks. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. So have a wonderful 2018, and uh, we will we will have you in the leadership conference next March. So can't wait for that to happen, and people can actually come and connect to your story live. So I look forward to it. Excellent, excellent. All right, you have a wonderful 2018, and keep us informed. Thank you again. Thank you for joining me this week on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. You know, many people that I work with say they want to improve their lives. But like that old saying is, if you don't know where you're going, then you're probably going to end up someplace else. Well, I'd hate to see you in someplace else. Please join me. I have personal growth classes on Monday and Wednesday nights. It's a class called Life by Design where you can actually design your life to be successful and bring out that great leader that you were designed to be. You're going to add value to your life, and I can help you. Please reach out at makeconnectionsforlife.com. Look for the link in the show notes. I'd love to meet you and help you. Thank you for joining me on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50.